Hey, everybody, welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that uh, have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. <laughs> and I'm Bob Wick. <laughs> and we are live. I <laughs> I was trying to, like, while I was doing that last, you know, last week when I... Yep. I have this to go back and, and, and actually listen to what to what exactly I the said. The podcast that uh, may or may not be about improv. <laughs> yeah, I think I said uh, this is a series of longer conversations uh, about improv topics that have nothing to do with improv. Um, the fuck? Is that you? That is me. That's a fire alarm going off. So Do you want to go check that? I, 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 can... I should be right back. <laughs> yeah! Well, hey everybody, why James is checking to make sure that the apartment him and Julia share are not on fire. Um, if you have any fire tips, uh, leave them in the comments below. Uh, today, we're going to have a really interesting um, topic of conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, improv and how it has affected our lives, positive, uh, maybe negative. If there's any of those, uh, we'd like to hear your stories as well. So comment. Uh, and as always, this is a conversation at the bar. So we might start with one topic and move to another. If you have any improv questions that you're interested in hearing me and James's uh, opinions about, please just uh, leave comments. The overall thing I'm asking for is comments, comments, comments. I need. It takes a village to run a podcast, so your comments and questions are appreciated. So what's going on, James? Oh yes, have you been monologuing? <laughs> oh, like a mother. Yes. Uh, okay, I have unplugged the smoke detector. Julia is making breakfast, and or well, yeah, it's one p.m. and that's for us our that's breakfast. Yeah, breakfast brunch. Um, so, uh, sorry for the interruption there. No, no. edits, no editing, no edits, not the live <laughs> ones, baby. <laughs> um, That's good. okay. So, uh, I, I, if I am catching the last part of your uh, spiel there correctly, you just, uh, let people know that they can ask questions. Yep. So, yeah. As always, it's a conversation at the bar. So we, we're going to stop, start with one topic and then if, you know, just to keep the ball rolling, let's let's introduce some conversation. Uh, yes, and then our designated starting topic for this episode is going to be uh, improv for life. For, for life, life, baby. For it's life. Too, I always script the camera like. Ah, <laughs> Um, but really, you know, there's some specific things in, in this, uh, which are going to be, is going to be about like things that are good for improv that are also good for life and vice versa. Um, yeah. and, uh, this is a question that, uh, I think Tia asked, um, back when we were doing the daily Q and a series. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, it's just, it's a really great question and topic about like the relationship between, it, improv skills and good healthy uh life habits um right. and uh so we're, we're gonna start talking about a few ideas under that umbrella but uh it's really is just like a like such a large uh topic um that depending yeah. on how much we um spitball on it uh we, we might even be a recurring sort of segment um that we could yeah have this could be while. like a hundred part Series. Yeah, we can do a hundred parts. A uh, hundred parts. I, I did the math, and yeah, at least <laughs> we might discover some parts along the way. A hundred plus. Yeah, I stopped doing the math at a hundred plus. Yeah. Um. Okay, but James, uh, I'm not a good student. I don't <laughs> do my homework. Uh, <laughs> um. So the I think the first one that that we kind of. It first comes to mind for both of us is mm. about listening. Um, the better you are at listening as an improviser, the better you are. It, it, that tends to affect your um, the, your ability to listen, to listen off stage too. And and right. the more that you try to be like really present and a good active listener off stage, uh, the easier that is um, on stage. And especially to like understand what exactly it means to listen um yeah yeah rather than just hear because mm -hmm. i think we do a lot of that you know i'm staring at my phone i'm hearing what natalie says to me but am i listening to her it's a completely different situation 
and not only just listening, like listening, accepting, and without judgment, and then really hear listening to what they're trying to say, and maybe the why behind what their ask or you know the, yeah. their, their topic conversation. Yeah, the, even the why too is is like something you might not really expect off stage, yeah. or, or like you don't really think about it. It's, it's like a lot of the time with listening, people are like uh, just hearing what you're saying, but on stage and off stage, there's more going on because people aren't aren't perfect communicators. <laughs> you know, like no. not, every, not everyone uh, can just like one-to-one -one exactly express what they're feeling what they're thinking and, and and whatnot so like when people are um telling you one thing there there, there might be something else going on and that's true right. uh almost always on stage that because yeah. we're in we're improvising uh as characters i would say almost always off stage too because there, yeah. there's a part of the personality about there's a part of yourself you can't see so you might have a want and not even know the actual reason why you're wanting it, but this is something that's important to you and you're trying to communicate it to somebody and you're not paying the whole picture because you don't have all the pieces yes. as you would need to paint a picture, all the pieces, not a puzzle. That's me judging <laughs> myself. Uh, <laughs> that's you letting us know what's going on with you. <laughs> yeah. That whole statement said a lot more about me than what I was trying to say. That's okay. I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so listening to understand, I think that's really what it comes down to listening to Absolutely. understand. And, um, I think that's just such a wonderful skill. And, you know, the more, the more that we do these, um, these episodes and these, and these conversations, uh, during the pandemic, and the more that we've kind of like unpacked some of the things that people miss about improv that, that are missing because we can't do it on stage in a live setting. And uh, just by virtue of unpacking some of these uh, topics, the more that I really value improv as um, as, as something to, to like just help change people and uh, communities and whatnot in a uh, in a positive way yeah. um just the real the real ability for improv to do that um just becomes more and more clear the more that we talk about it not that it's going to be like the, the savior and world peace but like it really no, does no but yeah. on a small scale it, it does create uh, an opportunity for people to want to listen to each other and that's that's hard to to produce organically uh, in a jam situation, two complete strangers from different backgrounds who may have never met, you know, different religions, different social economic point of political point of views have to get on stage and have to work together. Yeah. And I can't think of too many opportunities we have in everyday life where we can manufacture that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. T t the, the like uh, what a fun way to exercise no, like people, people cringe when it's yeah. like corporate team building exercises and whatnot. But like, like that once you see an improv jam or, or, you know, so many people get hooked on the idea of like, I can get up there and play and you really are just exercising the same things that, that, um, you are typically trying to be, uh, taught and, and workshopped yeah. in, uh, team building and, you know, um, leadership uh, workshops and seminars and stuff like that. So it's, it's such a, it's such a fun way to have the opportunity to do exactly what you just said, which is to just like yeah. get up with strangers and get along. Yeah. It's, it's a great opportunity to drop all the crap that you, you have gained by becoming an adult and just really get to your pure self, your pure human, human being, you know? Yeah. So going back to like I said before, that's why we call it play because kids are um are pure beings who who play and just have this great way of you know communicating even though it may not make sense <laughs> outside their bubble it makes sense to them and they do an amazing job to each other you know if like yeah. trying to talk to a kid sometimes can be rough yeah right <laughs> um well let me ask you this because just on the topic of of like listening and communication and and whatnot yeah. um you know there's so much uh, communication breakdown uh, going on in the world and um, on, on social media and stuff. And I, I don't know really what your relationship is with uh, trying to engage with people about 
you know, politics and and what's going on in the world on on social right. media. But like, do you do you find in those situations or other sort of like uncomfortable um, exchanges, like does improv help with those uh, interactions? Like, do you find that it's helped in the even in this like terribly um, you know uh, uh, tense yeah society? Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, it's a great question. And I think my approach is I don't like to talk politics unless we're I, I honestly don't like talking politics overall, but I think it's necessary, mm-hmm. you know, to to show your views, especially if with some of the more social issues. I think that's really important to to uh, even especially when you're when you have when you're in a position where you can help something that's marginalized. So I, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think, I think it's only effective to have that communication one-on-one or, or in person yeah. uh, because with stuff like Twitter and Facebook posts and everything else, again, people will hear you, but they they'll interpret it their way. So they're yeah, not will listening they? to you. No. Yeah. You're giving yeah. them text There's, to just like pick apart and, and, it's war yeah. games. It's insane. Like I, well, yeah, it's a crazy ex girlfriend who who puts uh, who ra- reads your text with their cadence and then gets mad at you when you sent a simple text. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I agree. And 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 that uh, with with that uh, philosophy that like um, I am willing to talk about politics and I I um, think also think that's important. I hope that most people do, especially today. You know. Um, right. But I do have a hard time uh, trying to trying to have an active voice on social media or any medium that's like uh, impersonal or indirect, um, which includes here, because this is a conversation between you and I. But it's uh, also meant to be in front of an audience that doesn't have uh, a voice to chime in um, to the same degree that we do. So it's like, um, I I don't know. I'm also trying to be I'm sorry. We're also trying to be all inclusive. So, yeah, I I don't want anybody who, who has a different point of view not. To feel included because i think i think we both agree right now we all we all need each other totally i'm yeah. sorry i totally talked over you no no <laughs> i i think that that's a great add-on to the point and i i i prefer to have these kinds of conversations uh, in person if i'm really going to like unpack like like well what yeah. do i think what do i think you know the one of the biggest topics right now is like what is real what is the truth of what's going yeah. on on either side of it like what is the meta reality of all these different issues um and uh if i'm gonna have a conversation about that i i would much prefer to do it in person because i think that you can come to a um uh, a better understanding and agreement about yeah. what's true if you are in person as opposed to just like being on the internet with like uh, all this misinformation um available to to back up your point and all yeah. these misinformed people to uh support your point gotta go again that's my fire alarm <laughs> all right I, I thought... now you may be asking yourself james how is a fire alarm going off when you took out the batteries i don't know i can't answer that we'll have to ask. if you have questions like these for james please <laughs> feel free to leave comments we love comments um as far as talking politics one i Going back to what I was saying before, I think I think the, the most effective way is to have that conversation one on one because you can also read the room better. You can by that you can see if the person that you're trying to connect to wants to connect. Unlike when you do a Twitter, um, a Twitter tweet. So what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it that. Uh, rather than when you a, a Twitter tweet. You don't know who's reading it. You don't know what mood they are in when they're reading it. Uh, you don't know whether they're, or not they're ready to receive the information. They're on the toilet reading your tweets, and they're going to take it however they want to. And it's filtered through whatever day they've been having. Uh, I was just talking about it, why I think it's better to have political conversations one-on-one, because you can also read the room. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so I got to tell you real quick, it, it it's harder than I thought to unplug a fire alarm. <laughs> that, <laughs> or a that's smoke the alarm. first question I asked when you left. That's yeah. how I started that monologue. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> oh, there's Julia. Uh, Julia the thought was, uh, Natalie thought it was our fire alarm. <laughs> the other, the other people in our households are, yep. are following this, uh, the action here, um, and also very concerned about where it's coming from. Um, yeah, <laughs> Julia, I love you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we're good, Julia. It. It was a great exercise in monologuing, I think. Uh, yeah, we haven't had the opportunity before on, on the show, so good. Uh, um, maybe one day <laughs> Natalie gets it off our fire alarm and you can have it. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or we should just we just, just have surprise, like, um, we should just have some kind of randomizer that, like, at some, if you say the uh, secret word at some point, the, the other person has to disappear. What is that, that short for? I think it's a Go Labs game where, like, oh, tell me more about that. Or oh wait, oh do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say gone in uh, 16 seconds. Um, no, no, I was gonna say like the one where like oh go on, and then the person has to do a monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't, I don't think that's a Go Labs game. Um, okay. unless it's one that I that I missed. Um, but uh, I, the, the, yeah, I, I love that. I know I know what game you're talking about. Like uh, you can basically pimp somebody into um, launching into a monologue slash lecture um, in the middle yeah. of a scene. The, yeah, there's a phrase to cue it, and it's also in the name of the game. Go on. Uh, so anybody, <laughs> yeah. So if any of our listeners know the name of that improv game, feel free to leave a comment. Yeah. Um. Okay, but uh, so so um. Yeah, you were saying in your monologue that it's easier to read the room uh, in person, and um, yeah, you're right. I think uh, it, it, it w w when it's just in text, um, it's a lot harder to obviously uh, convey emotion. It's e easier to um, misinterpret for the same reason, uh, and yeah. and uh, in in improv and off stage, a big part of listening is the nonverbal. Um, expressive cues that people are giving the physicality, the the, the body, the posture, um, gesture, and all that. A lot of unconscious stuff. A lot of unconscious stuff going on when you're in in the same room with somebody that you can see and use to understand what's going on. That that is completely absent in text and yeah. Social what's media. that thing that poker players look for? Like your, your tell tells like people have yeah. tells. Yeah. So people do have tells like if they're listening and they agree, they'll, they'll slowly nod their head, mm -hmm. especially if you nod your head when you're, when you do it, like you can get someone to do it with you. Um, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Like that. Are their bodies open? Are they closed? Yeah. How are they? How are, how are, how comfortable are they? Are their shoulders up, back, down, like, yeah, you know, yeah, and I, so you know, I, 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 I do think though that that like um, even in uh, reading people's, I, I when I'm on when I'm online and I'm and I'm paying attention, I've been doing a lot of this lately more more than I should. I know it's it's kind of toxic, and I, I'm I'm doing it more as a study than I am um, out of just like sort of. Um, almost like sadistic or masochistic um, indulgence, but like I, I, I try to uh, browse the comment threads on uh, political posts, and um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll see it yeah. like ten percent of the time that that there's somebody who is actively trying to uh, say, "Let's have an actual conversation here." Um, and try to understand each other and right. it might be somebody in a, in a post, um, I'm going to, uh, uh, not name, I guess, uh, who, who people that, that I've, uh, looked at threads or seen comments from, but sometimes they're anonymous, but like, um, it, some, sometimes somebody will be like, uh, Hey, if, if you have a differing opinion about this topic or like, if you support Trump or like, you know, um, if you have an issue with Biden, like, like, like what is right. uh, hit me up and uh, let's have a conversation about it. And I kind of wonder, uh, a lot <laughs> one, like when, if somebody's attempt is, if somebody's attempting to do that, like, what does it take to, uh, get both parties to agree to it? 
um, which right. which is I think really linked to uh, to improv, um, and then um, and then also like what what is missing in the conversation that would be easier uh, in person as as uh, you know we get the chance to you know well, like. Mean- in that situation, you don't have any leverage. So it's really hard to get the person to agree to have a civil debate. And I think that's a society problem because you you may not win the argument, but you can feel like you're winning if you come up back with a snarky comeback or meme, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, I, 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 okay, because uh, I don't want to get political. Uh, I do the same thing, but like uh, I live in Ferndale. Ferndale has a, a, a Facebook forum that I do. I, there's like there's three different Ferndale forums because one forum wasn't enough. And re- re- yeah. <laughs> real real quick, Bob, I, and I hate to interrupt, yeah. but but uh, I think your mic's a little quiet. Do you have a way to turn up the gain oh, on it? Not not like a button, on, or maybe I just need to get closer. Is that am better? I really loud? Am, am I just hearing? No, you sound no? like how you always sound. Okay, yeah, I, uh, so, I don't know. You just you sound a little quiet to me, but maybe okay. it's just me. Uh, no, I well, I tilted it a different way because I don't like it when the the red. Oh, when the when the light's showing. <laughs> yeah, because it, like I, it, it distracts me. I'm like a cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was saying, like the Ferndale forums. So they're different Ferndale forums for different, you know. I guess I would call it sensibilities. You know, it's one of them is more about, you know, just making jokes and memes and stuff like that, but they get stuff done. I mean, it's, it's just their preferred form of communication. The other one, they, they want to be totally pro Ferndale, but uh, if you have a complaint about a business, they don't take too kindly, unless it was like a, a legit one, you know, okay. it, you can't be too, I don't know, wishy-washy on it. Uh, but anyways, down the street, there was a like a Payless uh, shoe store, and they all, all went out of business, right? So this thing's been empty for about two years now, and it's becoming an Arby's. So like Sweet. the the sentence, <laughs> there's an Arby's opening up down the street. I would not think it would be triggering, um, or would make anybody feel any type of way unless they like roast beef sure. um but it, but the the comments on it were like oh we don't need another chain restaurant in our ferndale like you know what if we don't we're a capitalist society ill closed what why are you upset you know yeah and if it and if it keeps going then obviously we did and you're wrong and you didn't know the business model so why are we having this why why is this a conversation yeah you know? that's that's a good and, point too um that like I'm, well, again, we're, we're kind of meandering in, in all different directions, but like, yeah. I, it is a good point that like, well, if your neighborhood doesn't need it or doesn't like it, then it probably won't do very well. And if it does, then maybe you'd be okay with like the fact that there are a bunch of people in your neighborhood that are uh, into Arby's. Absolutely. Uh, but like, it, it started off just, you know, people giving their opinions. And then, like you said, it got kind of personal. You know, like, oh, well, well, that coming from someone who who trims the the uh, the ears of his dog, you <laughs> masochist. And like, what the fuck is this? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, yeah. So, and so then, then someone came on and did that thing. Like, can we just have a civil conversation? Yeah, yeah. And that is, I think, the most important uh, uh, question. Can can't we just have a civil conversation? I don't. I I think that I think that we should you know, be trying to make like, uh, real, uh, progress, whatever that, whatever that might mean. Um, because I think you can also say like, yeah, we can have a civil, uh, conversation and then just have people share their opinions. Um, and then not go the extra step of like having a conversation about them and, um, you know, actually giving critical thought to like, well, is it okay to have like, is that coming from a place of, of, uh, something wrong or off? Like, um, and, uh, I, I think that, that, that like what, I guess two things. One, I will say that, that, uh, I think that my experience as an improviser, as somebody that listens to understand and tries to find a way to, uh, communicate, um, 
in a way that matches the other person's perspective or, or perception of what's going on. I think that has really helped me when I do choose to engage on um, in, in these various mediums that aren't in person. Um, yeah. The second question is like, what does it take to get uh, both sides of it to agree to that? And like, yeah, yeah. how much of that well, is in improv, yeah. you know? Well, first of all, really quick, uh, Devin Jenkins is on my uh, on my watch party. He says we both sound really good, and we just want to say hello. Okay, um, cool. thanks, Devin. But to get to your question, like, so again, yeah, we have no stakes, so society has to change in a way mm-hmm. to to do almost uh, give an incentive for for this kind of conversation. Like, if there was a uh, I don't know, like a fourth news channel where all people did was give the facts without, you know, without bashing the, the, the messenger or whatever. I don't know, depending on how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, at the, and we all turned into that. The other three current news, you know, mediums would start taking on that business model as well. You know, um, I think the incentive now is just to get clicks. So saying wild things, not listening, not really engaging in conversation. I don't think I don't think the incentive is to have a decent conversation because if you do, then there might be a resolve and the conversation stops. Yeah. It, so the, uh, <laughs> what if that worked in improv? Like and, and, and right. sometimes it does like like, you know, like uh, there, there's like anything from like bar prov to like uh, just communities that kind of have more, um, I guess, like joke driven or, or like uh, shock driven um, performance styles. Um, and but like, isn't it so interesting that like that same kind of like the, the concept of clickbait right. um, doesn't really work the same. It has to be like more it's cooperative. Concept, like, don't go for the joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that doesn't help the narrative. Yeah, and like, what? What if that was also true in social media and news? Is 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 that like it wow. doesn't? People are just like, no, it's it feels hacky, and I don't think there's integrity to it. And like, I wish they would just work together to create a reality. <laughs> like, yeah, like what? What? What a different world that would be <laughs> if we had oh, if we had the same be... bullshit detector for uh media and propaganda that we do for when somebody's just you know making a sweaty attempt at getting a joke on stage absolutely i I would have loved that i would love to live in that reality (laughs) um and i think overall we do i just but those who do aren't the ones engaging in it so that's why it doesn't change yeah that's yeah that's interesting do you you think that that um people who are do you, do you think there's a there's a, a good amount of people a chunk of the pie let's say that um are just not engaging because they feel that same way that we just described about like it's not in person right. what are we going to gain here it's not in person or it's they're not going to discuss real things or whatever it's just discussed here is not going to matter so why engage in it yep you know, it's like watching bad stand-up. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna be interesting and thought-provoking. They're just gonna be jokey <laughs> yeah. as hell, as hell. Why, why go pay ten bucks to sit down and listen? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, you know, one of one of my pet peeves. I was just remembering one of my pet peeves when I was uh, younger, like maybe maybe throughout like high school. Uh, what's your people whatever for whatever reason the question of like what's what are your pet peeves was coming up and i and so i felt the need to like pick one like a favorite color and just stick with it and for years i used to say that my um my biggest pet peeve was political bumper stickers um (laughs) (laughs) and there's some i i guess i can't quite phrase what it is but there's something in that of of like here's just like a a statement that you have to look at that I don't know there, there it is something of like like whatever you believe you have the right to wear wear it as a badge of pride um but right. but on the other hand just kind of like dropping uh something with with no intention of like 
engagement is also just really annoying to me and, and um, is disconnected. Yeah. I think, I think we lost a lot of, like, in our communication, in our storytelling, nuance. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from ego. I think that comes from people who, who again, going back to listening, who don't want to listen. They just want to shove information down your throat because they have a belief and you and you're wrong if you don't. Um, yeah. And I think about, you know, back in the day when you weren't allowed to say, I don't know, uh, different beliefs because, you know, in different parts of the, the world, uh, you know, you, there wasn't freedom of speech. You know, there might have been a monarchy or whatever. Uh, so you would have to do storytelling in a way where you can get your thought through. But it, through the story, it was like thinly veiled, you know, what your intent was. Uh, like sure. something, Or like even recently, something as simple as like Dr. Seuss, Seuss like explained to ch- uh, children basic political views without talking politics. Yeah, like the <clears throat> butter battles, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I ironically, I, this is some, this is something that I picked up on uh, social media, um, but uh, the some somebody said that like uh, people have political conversations too much, like um, or like just in society in general, we're, we're we're sort of trained to talk like lawyers instead of engineers, where we have yeah. an assigned point of view or thing to defend or attack and um we're, we're just playing you know arguing for sport uh to win our side and whereas like as an engineer you would be like trying to figure out um the best solution and um advocate for what you think is the solution but also uh, uh try to find ways to poke holes in it to be sure you know yeah yeah testing yourselves Dave. testing like using the scientific method to test yourself out, you know. Yeah, that's your theory. And I think that, that that's something in improv as well. Is is that like, uh, uh, you know, if you go into a scene and the beginning the beginning of a scene, you're like, um, I, I think this is what's going on, or this is what I intend to have happen right. um, to offer. You know, you you have to be able to like, uh, ha- you can go into it being like, oh, this is this is what I'm driving at. This is my idea for a scene. This is who I think I am, and this is what I'm reading about what's going on. You could you can do all that, but at the same time, you have to be like, is that what my scene partner thinks is going on? And you have to be open right. to the idea that like they, I think they might think something else is going on. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're doing it with the best intentions. Like going back to what you're talking before, I think part of being an improviser does help you to listen to other people who have conflicting views or approaches and and actually listen to what they're saying without judging them. Hmm. You know, you can be pro Arby's and, and if I'm anti Arby's, I can live with that because I know you're not a bad person. You just like Arby's. That's bad deli, but you're, it doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. Or I you know, I guess it is kind of like, uh, on the, you know, <laughs> still related to Arby's is like, I'm a vegetarian. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But, but like, and, and, um, I think I've gotten more people to think it's not my intention to really, to get people to think about being a vegetarian, but I think I've gotten, uh, more people to think about it, um, by just, uh, being open to talking about it, uh, if asked and, um, also yeah. not being afraid to be vocal if, if in, in like, if we're out to eat or we're all uh, like, I will say, of course, um, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, so if there's something we can do with that, great. Uh, but I don't necessarily like, um, uh, need to put the hammer down cause it creates friction, right? You, if you, if right, you, right. if you are, are always on like the offensive about something. Um, and I think that like, getting when people ask me about it uh i think that that's more effective than when i tell people about it i guess is what i'm saying because they're open to hear you know they came yeah yeah i don't know it's crazy man it's just i they're like (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time like like in improv you do have to like be be making active choices and expressing what you um are bringing to the table and and uh in order to like really get anything done so it's like um 
there is still part of it where it's like you can't just sit still um but you just can't you, you know there's a there's a balance between like uh shoving your idea down uh someone's throat uh and and having things happen your way versus um standing or that being one extreme and then the other extreme be, being like well we're both just going to stand still until the other person does something you know what i mean yeah yes uh julie has a really cool comment yeah julia says uh there are things people believe in that do affect and harm other people uh that's true yeah that yeah and you know i guess uh when it comes to activism on uh immediate threats or or uh harmful ideology is a different story than the general scope but i don't think that's most things you know like and i think that that th those are like uh extremes where the, where the idea of yeah. good improv isn't going to be the saving grace or the yeah. answer <laughs> well it plus that's a different conversation like trying to have a conversation a, a, a debate with with someone hoping to broaden and change their point of view rather than stopping from doing harm two different conversations like yeah. and that's when i do think twitter is effective like if you if there's a, a truth that you have to spread to the masses absolutely you know blank is hurting blank Let's stop doing blank, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, John Stewart just did a really great one where he, well, he did one great one last year when he was helping the the, the first responders, 9-11, and how, like, their their benefits were being stopped. Like, that's true. That, that, like, there's no debating. I can't I can't try to get you to go either way. Uh, like, or, or maybe that's, I, I take that back. It was his way of changing the mind of the, the power. Uh, by getting the masses behind him, like it wasn't like a he wasn't up for debate. This is just his truth, though. Like right, is, yeah, yeah. Well, so and then uh, I think the issue that happens with social media, though, is that yeah. um, uh, and 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 back to Julia's point too is that like um the problem is becoming that we can't agree on what's true, right? So so that if there are things that people believe in that do affect and harm other people, that's true. There are things. we, we What we need is to agree on what they are um, so, so that, like, somebody isn't advocating uh, for something that is not true um, on the pretense that it that it is a, a real thing that is creating harm and affecting other people, Um uh, and and that if you if there is something that is truly affecting and harming other people that you can actually get people to uh, uh, believe that um, without it being automatically dismissed or um, pushed back against uh, or written off because of who it's coming from or how it's presented or because we're all in this world of uh, skepticism because of you know whatever side of we're on uh, of things so I guess in uh, my my. Um, not answer, but like, I think what we're talking about in terms of uh, that yeah. comment from Julia is that like, if we ha if we do a better job of listening to understand and um, finding ways to connect with each other, um, then we'll be less likely to. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll be more likely to uh, hear what, what, like the reality of things, um, and less susceptible to push the unreality of things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then also, like going back to reading the room, um, like if someone has a hurtful, hurtful belief, is this coming from anger, ignorance, or choosing to be ignorant? Because if you're choosing to be ignorant, and or you're angry, and you dis, and you pick a philosophy that is harmful to serve whatever need that you have that that's born out of hate, then they're, they're, it's going to be really difficult to have a civil conversation with that person. I think. Yeah. Um, if it's just ignorance, if they were you know misled, mis you know. I think that's a little bit easier. I've heard of cases of that, like, you know, people who just got sucked up into something they didn't realize had the potential or 
or resulted in the harm of other people and and you know all they needed is the truth and you know to stop that behavior and change their you know behaviors yeah yeah let's go to sue's question or uh, comment okay. slash question uh sue says it seems that leaving the ego behind once you step on stage might facilitate more relatable scene work what are our thoughts absolutely um yeah yeah i i i, I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles or um, challenges in improv and as people is, is to uh, set ego aside and work together. Like (laughs) in short, I mean, you should be pretty much open for anything. And I mean, that's the whole like philosophy, right? Yes. And like, if, if you can't say yes to everything, if you are filtering it through your own perspective, Mm -hmm. so you have to, you have to drop that. And then, uh, and it, and also, I think that's why character work is so important because then you can. It's easier for you to drop it the farther away from your own character you play, or your own self you play. Um, yeah. And it, it it gives you a device to be accepting to all information because there's no stakes for you personally. It's this character. I mean, and hopefully you're using that for good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Follow up comment from Sue. Uh, She says, I mean, so many folks get into performing arts because of their big egos. You know that I I think we so we had an episode with uh, Tiffany Baxi um, about ego and uh, it's a really good conversation. And um, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I can't remember how it came up, but it was like, are there more egos do, is that something you run into a lot? And and I think that one of the things let's let's try to figure out what, what is the difference between improv and and some other uh, performing art stuff because I think that there is ego in all of it. But I think that like uh, improv tends to have this this thing that where um, it's about stripping away the ego in order to do it successfully. And I and I I, I have not gone down the path of uh, yeah. you know cur- like um, professional path yeah. or education in other. Pro- performing arts disciplines, but I wonder yeah. if that same thing is embedded as much as it is in improv. Well, I think this, um, this is one of the few of these arts that you do by committee. So there must be a want to a be on stage, which takes a, a little bit of, you want that recognition, you want applause, you want laughs, but you also want to do it in a group. So that's completely different than like a standup, you know, or, um, like, uh, any other kind of, not any other, but most performers. Yeah. So I think there's something to it. Like there is a want to a get recognized, but be, be cool by being, being recognized as part of an ensemble rather than it's me. Um, I think there's a growing yeah, period it's, it's almost where, like where he- people healthy do ego. want that spotlight all to themselves as soon as they're comfortable. And then they have to strip that back. I'm sorry. What were you? No, no, no. I, I just, I, I was just chiming in to, sort of add that it's like a health having a healthy ego like like there yeah you, because it's not something you you know we, we say like we want to uh kill the ego push it down or whatever but it's not something you really get rid of um uh it's it's something that that can exist in a healthy way or a, a destructive or toxic or selfish way um and so i think it's just about reframing what your ego what it is that your ego wants and, and feels re- rewarded by um and uh yeah i think connecting and then when yeah. you get really good you get to the point where and it, we always say this like the best improviser is the one making the other ones look well like that's your that should be your goal and i think it's uh, you know it's it's a it's a learning process to get to that point yeah so at, at the beginning i think there's a lot of students who may not be ready or may be interested in being on stage but not ready to be an improviser like in the true sense of the world word and maybe they'd be better served as, as stand up or something that were the, the spotlights solely on them um, because of the way to perform. And that's why we call it play. And honestly, it's, I, I don't want to speak for you, but it's been my experience that uh, as a, as a community, we have a way of almost filtering out people whose egos are too big, who don't want to share. 
Right. You know, it's like having it's having the it's like having the rich kid on the block who does have all the cool equipment, but when you go to play at their house, they change the rules of the game to make mm-hmm. them win, and you're like, I don't. I don't feel good about this. This doesn't feel like a fun game. Yeah. I'm not going to go back down to so-and-so's house anymore. Right. So you stop. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I wonder what, what that is like, like, and like what the threshold is for it on like what sort of scale. Um, I, I suppose we should say like, like uh, alongside this improv communities are not perfect. We can see that oh, uh, no. uh, throughout, you know, the last 10 years of, um, anything from you know the me too movements to uh black lives matter that like there's this stuff is uh the most um you know toxic components of of what's going on in the rest of the world are also present in uh improv communities um on a business and organizational level and and you know they're not invulnerable um but i I think what you're describing is consistent in, in improv that that like we tend to um the 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 bulk of the community and performers um uh be uh you know w- if you're at again I, I always think of the jam as is like if there's somebody who's being like uh, yeah. uh an asshole <laughs> that it's like you get feedback from the community that's like that's not right. what we're into <laughs> you know what i mean and so, i feel sorry for those guys for those people those folks uh because sometimes they don't I think most of the time they don't know they're being the asshole. Like they don't know, uh, they think their do- they think their job is to be what they're doing or funny or whatever. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. I feel bad, but then again, it, it, it's going back to: are they ignorant or are they choosing to be ignorant? If they're just ignorant, I, I'll work with that person. You know, like hey, stop playing high high status all the time. Let's get into it. Like, listen, what did that person say? Like. I think those are coachable moments and I don't think we should not invest in those people, but then there's people who refuse like the one you get the same note to a thousand time and then they criticize you. Uh, then I don't have time for you. you you don't want to be an improviser or part of a community. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting too. When people are like, won't take notes or. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. funny at work or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> awesome <laughs> put up a stage <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm curious sue if if um that you you said uh that leaving ego behind facilitates more relatable scene work and I'm, I'm curious um if you use that word relatable uh specifically and if you could elaborate on it if, if uh, you're able to comment um because uh i, I think it's an interesting notion that what that scene work becomes more relatable if the two people aren't even if it's even if it's a good scene if the two people are kind of like uh not being vulnerable or i don't know i don't know what it is like i'm trying to imagine like can you do a good scene that um is less relatable be, because ego is still present because i think you can, you can do you can still do good scene work with ego being present right. At least, at I least mean, for the audience to to enjoy, you know. I, I think I think it also can be relatable because you deal with people with egos all day, so it can be a ref, reflection of the relationship that that an audience member might have with someone else in their life. So that's relatable. Yeah, yeah, but but like if the players are playing without ego and it's like right. it's more malleable and and vulnerable and um. Oh, okay. I I I. I think yeah. Sue's saying that's that like nice when the players don't have ego, that, that the scene work is becomes more relatable. Um, but uh, I, I can, like I said, I can also imagine that if two players who, who are playing from a place of ego, you know, might yeah. do a good fun scene to watch, but in, uh, even if on the inside, it feels like a fucking struggle for at least one of the people involved. Um, but so I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Um, I think overall that's true, but I, I know there's people who, because of our styles and because we have a relationship and it it's done with love, we do play with, we both play with ego and that's part of the game of the scene. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the way we, like uh, me and Eric Highlander, like when we play together, we're always trying to one up each other. And it's like a, a game we've been playing since we were in a launch group together. I mean, not every single scene, but we can tell when it's like, oh, this one's for me and E. Like it just, 
and it's always a good time and i think people enjoy it yeah but i guess i maybe that's a false ego because it's not like I, i'm not trying like i'm not denying him if he gets me like oh yeah you got me and so it's <laughs> i don't know it's so i think i thank you everybody for watching that debate by myself uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so at the end I of guess, it you don't know where you feels, stand on it, it feels different to me when i'm doing it like I, yeah it's a different switch i can i well uh, but, like you've played with eric you know when he does that thing with his eyes and he's like and you're like oh here we go yeah uh, yeah yeah which i love and i fucking love playing with him he's 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 so much fun to play with because he he takes as good as he gives uh when it comes to to the gameplay totally yeah and I, I, I again i think it's kind of like um you know either you might be able to like uh play you're like dueling because if you're comfortable enough with each other and you know that it, it's yeah. it's like buddies razzing each other so it's like yeah. if if you and eric get into that place like are you talking about moments where that happens and you get annoyed by it or moments never annoyed never okay. annoyed because i know it's coming from a place a good place yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I, I, uh, Sue just called it a match. I think she's referring to the. It's it's like a. Uh, uh, you're, yeah. You're you're. It's 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 like a sparring match of 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 ego, uh, in a okay. sense. If you get into that, and that can be entertaining. It can also be risky, which uh, actually brings us back to uh, Sue's follow up comment to say, yeah. uh, she thinks audiences want to see vulnerability in parts of themselves somewhere in the scene. Uh, if there isn't an anchor, you run the risk of losing them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, a vulnerable character, a vulnerable performer has so much more depth. You know, you're not playing an archetype. You're, you're, you're really playing something that's unique. And again, improv, part of the entertainment is the content. The other part is the, um, how we put it together, the, the, putting the show together itself so we can show that we're giving it our all by by dropping the ego that i think the audience whether they know it or not appreciate it yeah well and i, and I think that the, the relatability uh I, I think now i i, I see what sue was saying specifically about ego being left behind and the scenes becoming more relatable um Absolutely. That that uh, yeah, the like vul vulnerability. When you see people being affected by each other or influenced by each other, um, acting is reacting. I think that that makes for a good two dimensional or good three dimensional uh, scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we did talk about this a lot with Garrett. So if anybody <laughs> hasn't watched the Garrett episode, that we get we do go into this. Yeah. Um, but and by the way, thank you for all the comments, Sue. This is really helpful. Yeah, totally. Um, and and for everyone. Um, we got a couple on deck actually. Uh, oh, okay. So, but, but seeing people affected by each other, that, that, that is good, uh, scene work. And I think that, um, uh, you know, this idea of, uh, uh, switching over to, to Devin's comment, um, which is, uh, I think you can pull off a good scene with ego present. Uh, I mean, there are talented people that can carry a scene, but I think it would wear, uh, wear an audience out over the course of, a set seeing one person force their ideas in every scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause obviously I like, like there, there are improvisers, um, you know, uh, house teams get cast. Uh, not every team is, is, uh, self-elected to play together. So it's like, there are, I, I'm sure that there are plenty of, uh, successful teams and improvisers, um, that have good scenes, uh, and then really don't like each other or, or like are right. secretly like, uh, competing with each other in a negative way, um, and uh, I but but I think what what what's in those as Devin and Sue point out is that risk of like fatiguing the audience or being having it be sniffed out, um, or uh, it's a it's a very thin line where it can tilt to like okay now it's more about I you like two yes. fighting with each other than it is about um, creating yeah. this scene for the audience. Yeah, because you do put out a vibe. Like you do put out an energy. Your stage presence uh, does affect the audience. And when you're playing with that kind of ego, like it kind of taints that. So, yeah, even again, even an uneducated audience or untrained to improv audience—I don't know what you would want to call that—it uh, 
uninitiated <laughs> uninitiated audience i like that uh we'll pick up on it because it's the vibe of the room and as human as animals as you know we're we're trained to you know always be checking out our environment and and letting it affect us in some way just you know yep. using our lizard brains <laughs> you say lizard brains <laughs> yeah you never heard that no yeah oh okay yeah uh but I'll take it. I, I'm going to use it now oh. using our lizard brains. We had, uh, yeah, before you evolved. <laughs> um, I think that's from Dexter, uh, to be true. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Natalie says, uh, to me, dropping or moderating the ego allows for more vulnerable, compassionate and flexible interactions with others and the external world, uh, created on stage. You can play a character with ego that drives desires and behaviors, but I think that's different from, an improviser playing from ego. Yeah. 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 The, the difference between uh, a, a player having ego and a character having ego is, is major. <laughs> Completely different. Yes. yes. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, Natalie echoing the um, absence of ego or uh, surrendering ego um, for the players, allowing for more vulnerable, compassionate, flexible interactions and i think flexible to me is is actually the 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 most uh might be the most important um part in there yeah yeah because a, a character having an ego is okay because that's the character but usually when the act actor has an ego that affects the the narrative or the, the like the character arc because yeah. you're always protecting yourself making sure that you come up on top mm -hmm. when sometimes it's more easy interesting watching you know, the strong character lose, or, you know, if you think about the hero's journey, uh, gain your powers, lose against a smaller villain, and then learn, and then and then learn something about yourself, uh, and then win. Yeah. I'll bet you, it's, you know, th th I wonder if we could, uh, uh, it might take a little long, we, we, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here, um, right. but uh, it's probably a tricky balance between, like, playing a character that has ego from a place that isn't ego driven. You know what I mean? Like that's just a tricky dichotomy. Um, maybe the, maybe the, a nice closing sentiment would be from, uh, TJ and Dave's book, um, improvising at the speed of life where they define listening. Um, because it, it is such a nebulous concept to kind of teach somebody, you got to listen. Like, well, what do I do? You know, like, what does it mean to listen? How do I, how do I put that into action? And the way that they kind of describe um, uh, listening in, in more layers is that, like, it, it is a willingness to learn um, and a willingness to change. Um, that, like, and, and, so, and change being, like, being affected and acting differently because of what you heard and understood. So I, I like those kind of, like, three steps of listening is a willingness to learn and also a willingness to change. I love that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, wow. That we went, we went all, not all over the place, but <laughs> not, the, not the conversation I thought we we're going to have on a Sunday morning. I love it. Though. Yeah, it no, I, I, I thought, I thought it was a great, uh, convo. And I think, um, I think again, like improv, we might, we might do a sort of like recurring series. Like we have our show and tell series and we've done the Q and a series and, um, and whatnot. So like may maybe this idea of uh, improv for life uh, and vice versa might be recurring because we had a list of uh, of transferable improv in life skills and uh, yeah. behaviors and philosophies. Uh, and we really only covered listening and uh, or at least like that was our that was our our like root topic. Yeah. Um, so we might come back to some others. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and thanks for the additional uh, comments and questions. They make the conversation uh, so much more rich with uh, other perspectives and, and um, yeah. make us think in uh, additional ways. Um, okay, so if you're watching this, you are either watching it on YouTube or Facebook and you should yeah. know that our most current 
and complete content is on the YouTube channel um, where you can find things like the lecture series and uh, also this Improv FAQ at Length series. Um, we are also a podcast, so uh, you can check out these live episodes and all of our pre-recorded episodes on uh, Improv FAQ at Length wherever podcasts are found. Uh, thanks so much, everyone. This has been a really great conversation. We'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at Length. Bye. Bye.